The moment has arrived. I pushed the button. It's going to work. This is going to be scary good, man. I'm sorry. We're killing it. It's Maddie Levine with my good friend Dave Van and Welcome to the Fight Banana Show. The ruthless one, L. Dawson. Hey, guys. Our girl, Jillian the Savage Robertson. What's up? How you guys doing? Welcome to the Fight Banana Show. 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Fight Bananas. What's up, fam? What's Hello. up, Maddie? What's up, L? Happy Tuesday, y'all. It's the Fight Banana Show once again. With it's a little fighting. bit of a cattail, because I can never <laughs> kick her out. She never stays out. One day I'm going to bring my dogs in here. I'll Dude. just pick up Co and put him on camera. Is, I'll bring my I kids in one day. I, I, like, shut the door. I lock the door. And she'll just, like, freak out behind the door. I'm like, all right, you're coming in. Here we go. Fight Banana's time. What's up, everybody? Maddie Levine here, Dave Van Auken, L. Dawson. We got a jam-packed show. It is Game Bread Week, as it is. Uh, we got Game Bread going down in Orlando. I am so pumped that the whole squad is going. Dude, yes. everyone. I know. Yes. So this everyone. is going to be killer. We're going to be able to provide some serious content, like behind-the-scenes stuff for all of our followers here. So it's going to be awesome. I'm excited. I'm a little... Should we do like a 24-7? Like I uh, some there's a camera on one of us 24 hours a day, be like 315, <laughs> and the camera's on sleeping. My kids are like coming to my room, waking me up. There's a camera on us. That's intense. Like that? That's intense, Dave. I don't know. Too far, too know. far. You want to volunteer for that. Yeah, that, that can be on you, bro. That can be on you. I'm like, I'm getting all sorts of annoyed though, because JetBlue is really <laughs> fucking me right now. Um I was no. supposed to, I was supposed to land in Orlando tonight at 10 10 30 i was like all right it's late but not too late you know yeah um right i since probably about around like 11 30 this morning i've watched it change four times and now i land at 12 53 a.m you're you're not getting there today if it's changed four times that's what i'm saying it's going to get canceled like i'm just waiting for that little Uh, announcement here yeah. So and then it's the week gets so busy. Uh Wednesday afternoons, like a open workout slash media kind of a day. That should be fun with Jorge, Dos Santos, Belcher, Sherman, and uh, Nicholson. I would assume more. Thursday is kind of like my day that I stress out the most. I don't know why. I just do it's like the press conference day. It's I'm hosting the press conference Thursday afternoon. Uh, it's going to be great. I, I can't wait to finally see all four of those heavyweight killers on the stage and just and kind Dave's of. Dave's going to look so that... small. <laughs> yeah. can, they, can we get a bigger table? Can we yeah. get a bigger table? They're heavyweights. Dave's look so small. That's so Jeez. funny. And then, um, and then, yeah, Friday or Wayne's. Friday's a great day, at least for us. I feel like we're just more getting oh, content yeah. and kind of feeling the vibe and talking with fighters and just being around. And then Saturday's fight day. Saturday is fight day. I can't wait. I have already. Some of the people from GameBreads already reached out to me and kind of talked about stuff we're doing. And uh, L, I, I kind of said some stuff we're going to do with the fighters and the and the pre-show. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait Saturday night for the Kia Center Orlando. That's that's my home court. It's where I go. It's uh, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be bananas. It's going to be sick. Shout out to Tisser. Thank you, my friend. I will stay positive uh, <laughs> for the time being. I don't know. I might lose it. For the time um, but yeah, guys, I had a killer weekend. I could not watch UFC Fight Night because your girl was, for the first time, doing play-by-play commentary 
And I have a whole new profound respect for play-by-play analysts. You know, like I knew it was hard, but it's really more just about who the the amount of talking, the amount of talking and storytelling and no bathroom breaks and that's the worst part like staying positive you know just like it was such a whirlwind it was so much fun though it was um calvin cater's combat zone um and i've known him for a long time right marley and um we've i've been wanting to work for his organization for a while and it finally came to fruition and it was supposed to be like you know me just doing reporting and then all of a sudden I was doing the play by play and I was like, let's fucking go. Like, so whole new profound respect for John Anik and anybody else, Brendan Fitzgerald's, you know, all of them. They're just, wow. It takes a lot of mental strength. It's funny. And like Maddie, I'm going to double triple down on that. Cause you know, I, th- I, I try to count it. I actually reached out to someone else and blah, blah, blah some other behind the scenes shit, but they asked me how many I've done. I was like, I think 10 or 11 now. I think it's in that range. And it's funny. The The funny thing is, and I think you will 100% agree with me, as though these fighters are most of the time regional fighters in town, we don't know them like we do the UFC guys. Like, El, like anyone like on a big UFC pay-per-view, like I feel like I can almost do play-by-play right away. Like we know right. Sugar Sean O'Malley. We know his story. We know he's main event against Chido Vera, which is a rematch. And then Sugar Sean was on Dana White Contender Series and his win against Peter Yan and Abu Dhabi. And it was a close matchup. And we know Chido Vera's rise. And he had so many split decisions. Like, because we follow the UFC and these are two of the biggest stars. We know these regional guys, let's be honest, like, so, uh, you know, maybe some of them are actually, there's kinship and friendship. There's a lot of them I don't know. Like, we right. just don't know there's them. A, there's a lot yeah. of stuff you got to get like a lot of note taking and like luckily i sat in on a couple of like they you know they were getting like their pre-packaged stuff ready so like luckily i was sitting in on a lot of those conversations so like i was taking my own notes thank god dave like i'm that kind of person that is always over prepared you know like i wasn't prepared to be a commentator and then here i was but um you know it's all about grabbing the opportunity when it comes right so it came and it was freaking Awesome. I literally felt hungover the next day. <laughs> I was like, what just happened? Like, I was so hungover. You know who else felt hungover on that Sunday was Yair Rodriguez. Uh, yeah. Was my lock of Saturday. I think oh, I think you agreed no. with me about that fight. Oh, yeah. I loved, yeah. I loved Yair in that fight. The first round, literally Brian Ortega, like, breaks his ankle before the fight even starts. I know. That was wild. I watched that kind of almost finish two, three times. If the yeah. referee, I wouldn't jumps have been mad it, if it stopped. I wouldn't. Yeah, have been exactly. Mad if they, they stopped, stopped the fight, it's they cross the bow. It's all good. No, no one cares about it. They don't. Ortega's tough as hell. I get it. That's cool. But then for just the total one eighty of that fight happened, and like I'm like, what am I watching? Maybe I bet too much money on it. Probably too much. Yes, I'm on. I'm on a. I'm on a die road smoke, guys. I don't know. I'm just dying here after losing the Super Bowl. I can't win anything. It is what it is. But um, yeah, you need to stop betting on things. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's horrible. But I, I cannot believe Yair Rodriguez lost that fight. Can't believe it. Uh, and wow. right before that, Brandon Royval beat Brandon Moreno. And I thought he won. Like a lot of people yeah. were complaining yeah. about the decision. I mm. thought it was a good decision. And even so, it was a super close fight, much closer than I had expected. That was one of my locks on the card as well. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this card right now. I'm looking at like all of the decisions and the KOs and stuff. I mean, my favorite part was the memes that came after like <laughs> of um, what's his face here of Brian Ortega, like Brian, not Brian refusing to, you know, lose in front of his ex and shit. Like, oh, God, that's so good. That's but so good. imagine it's like imagine, though, like kudos to him, like what must have been going on through his brain when he rolled his ankle like, dude. The worst. You you just gotta ignore that. Like yeah, oh adrenaline God. is an L of a drug. Yeah. Seriously. L, has anything happened to you like that? Like in pre-warm-up, like something like dicey? Uh not like at the very beginning of a fight like that. I I definitely I thought I broke my foot in a fight and I like could feel it. And the oh. Oh, I went to the ER the next day and it looked like Yair's foot. It was like this. Yeah. Fat, that picture he posted. And the doctor yeah. was like, oh, it's definitely broken. And it wasn't, but I could feel it like. I was like stepping into the mat oh. and it felt like there was like a dent in the cage everywhere I stepped. I was like, oh, that's wrong. Oh. But, but it doesn't hurt in the moment. It just Right. You just you're just like, oh, that's weird. not right. Like oh. I remember I was uh warming up for an amateur fight a while. I mean, this is feels like ancient history, but um somebody was holding pads for me in the back and I went to hit a body kick and the he was not the smartest. He like lifted the pads, so I hit his elbow. And mm -hmm. I had like the biggest welt on my foot going into this fight. And it was like the only bruise I had from the fight was the freaking warm up. Oh my God. But did you hear the story uh, two weeks ago when Marab fought Henry Cejudo? Three five minute rounds. He picks him up, weighs that Zuck, that whole thing. Yeah. There's like this, you know, or there's a word, mythological, mythological. There's like this big story that's going around in the MMA that Marab and Sterling had a warm up rounds before that even started but they like they went for three five minute rounds like it was oh, literally that's a fight. right that's right but rob and sterling like went in a total fight it was crazy and sterling was like yo we're done right and rob's like mm, i, yeah. I kind of want to go one more yeah i remember that that's funny yeah Absolutely he's a crazy. he's a machine i yeah he's no nuts. he doesn't stop i genuinely like i would like to see him fight in Mexico City, <laughs> and just right? I mean, he was repping him. He like, was repping them at the press conference. Right? Might as well throw him on the next UFC Mexico card. He's an honorary Mexican now. <laughs> Talking about next card, we'll definitely get back into UFC Mexico. I definitely want to ask you guys, especially L, what do you guys think is the next flyweight contender? Like, with does Royval get a rematch? Mokayev, he fights this weekend. We'll get into that in a little bit. But our first guest, one fifteen, is coming now. We got Joe Party Penafel at one forty five. Guys, he's one half of the main event coming up on this Saturday night live in Orlando, Florida at the Kia Center. The Spartan, I'm going to call him all week long, all the times I see him or the press conferences or even Saturday when we do that pre-show, Maddie. To me, he is a pillar of game-bred bare-knuckle MMA. I'm talking about the undefeated Alex, the Spartan, Nicholson. Oh. There we go. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm living and breathing. And this Love to hear that. It's cool today. Nice. You got like a nice little like ray of sunshine coming you got, on you got, right now. There's, there's a, yeah, there's a, Jesus is over you, Alex. <laughs> he, he has been. I wouldn't be here if he wasn't, my brother. I love, I it. love it. Amen, love it. yeah. <laughs> Joe just popped in. Joe, I'm going to tell him he's coming in at 145. What are you doing, Joe? Like, let me, let me, let's handle Pedophile real quick. Joe, can we, Joe, 145. Can we get you back on in 30 minutes? Yeah, 145 sounds great. <laughs> All right, bro. We're, to, we're, we're shining up the co-main event, Alex Nicholson. You know. So, Alex, I love him. He's gonna knock Chase Sherman out. There All we right, go. man. 
All right. So, we'll see you soon, Joe. <laughs> I love everybody's so excited. I love it. But I we're really it. excited to see you do your thing again, Alex. I mean, your last performance was uh, Dave and I had the best seat in the house for that one. I mean, what was what was the response like after that knockout for you? Uh, just just a relief. I mean, we trained so hard and just to see them, uh, you know, another man that had every intention to hurting you. He was even trying to hurt me mentally, which is, you know, it's okay. We're in this game long enough. Somebody has to try to, to, to pry into your life and your personal things. So it felt really good to see him laying there unconscious. That's why I gave him a few extra ones. You know, people say it's savage, but I buried one of my best friends who I started in this sport with almost a year ago exactly now. So at the end of the day, I wish him the best. God bless him. But he tried to hurt me. He tried to take my health, tried to take my wealth. So I was very happy to see him laying there twitching on the floor. To have that feeling of being the best at what you do and setting a game plan and following through with it and executing your game plan. I don't care what you do in life, you know, even cleaning your damn house. I plan to clean my house that day. If I lay before I lay my head down, I'm in a clean home. I got the job done. And that's a feeling of gratification on its own. But yeah. You know, this is my life. This is the life I chose. And some people might see it savage, but every day on this earth is savage. If you don't, if you, if you really think, if you do think about it, it's yeah. savage every day. We could die. Um, and I didn't that day. That's for damn sure. <laughs> you didn't that day. Alex, man, how are you feeling? How is this? I know we're really early in the week. We appreciate your time, my man. I can't wait. I'll see you for the next probably four or five days into Saturday. How is it having Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA live in Orlando, live at the Kia Center? I got so many lines. I can't wait to uh, communicate what the Kia Center means to me, at least, as living here. What does this mean being like this shows in this is your backyard? This is you. This is Orlando. This is this is uh, something we've been striving for a long time. How do you feel about being the co-headliner on this uh, big card for Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA? I think the organization knows and the city knows and the fans of this sport know that I am the main event of this show. And these old guys have been around and they've, they deserve it because of the legacy of uh, the things that they've done and they've achieved, but they're fighting for my belt. And I, I don't think that I'm being too egotistical saying that, but if I am, fuck it. It's my show. It's my world. It's my life. And it's, uh, the TD Waterhouse Center is what it used to be called. When yeah. I was a younger man, I was waiting out front of that to get uh, hopefully Grant Hill or Tracy McGrady's autograph with my mom or my dad or my sister yeah. and her, her husband now, who was her boyfriend at the time. I used to wait out front of there and have a silver Sharpie and hope to get Tracy McGrady's autograph and uh, <laughs> dreams of being an NBA star. And uh, life had other plans for me and I became a, a professional fighter and uh now i get to showcase my abilities in orlando's ar- arena our coliseum uh so to speak and to fight in front of my friends and my family it, it's just a beautiful thing it's uh fulfilling i mean i went to moscow russia and fought recently serbia and i fought some big dangerous scary guys and i'm fighting another big dangerous scary guy here in my city and uh I, I don't ever want to get beat up in front of my mama, yeah. my girlfriend, <laughs> my friends, and my family. So it's just a little bit extra motivation to know that if, God forbid, I did get my uh, get 
got my skull cracked a little bit and I was hurt, that my mom's going to be right there hoping I'm okay. And I don't want her to have to do that. So I'm going to have to hurt this motherfucker. And uh, I've said it again and I'll say it before. I mean, God bless him. It's nothing personal. But it is very, very personal. And it sounds so crazy to say because he's trying to take my health and my money and can't let him do that, man. So here in Orlando, you know, you see the sun shining, man. God is good. You already said it. I do got these little. Yeah, check it out. It's like a little halo around your head yeah, right now. It looks, you look phenomenal. You look good. That's well, what I, mean, I was going to say, man. Everything leading up into this has been going my way. I mean, I'm not letting anything stop me. So. I think that that mindset has also aligned me on this path to say nothing, no matter what, whether it be, you know, a car accident, you know, that I got hit head on, I think two and a half, three weeks ago, I cracked a windshield with my skull and oh my God. it was right around the corner from here. I cracked a windshield with my skull. Uh, nobody was at fault. We crashed head on, but he waved me on. I mean, it's, it's kind of a sensitive subject for me right now still, but anyway, Everybody was okay. That's all that matters. And they're towing my car, asking me if they want me to get a ride to where they're towing my car. And I said, no, I'm going to Uber there. I have to finish my workout. And they're like, what the freak? What's wrong with this guy? His <laughs> head's bleeding a little bit. He needs to go to the hospital. I jump rope to my three three-minute rounds, hit my speed bag, double M bag, crack some mitts. And then I got Ubered to the hospital to get my head scanned. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I knew it was okay. You know, Jeez Louise. Uh, literally like, in a car wreck before the fight. Like this man, the, the, there's only one Alex Nicholson. But, we we always say how like it's a different breed that fights for game bread, and you are just the yeah. epitome of a different breed. So that's fantastic. Well, we know in this sport there's guys that'll back out from a broken toe. They want every reason not to go in there. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that they just go for it. Right. Absolutely. We we do have to backtrack though. You had said how the main event is fighting for your belt. Does that mean you does that mean you want the winner? I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm bitter, but we came to my city and I've done the most in the organization's history. And statistically speaking, I mean, come on, man. It's uh <laughs> not that I want the winner, I already am the winner in my mind and you know it's it is what it is we're gonna see what what fate has in store for us all but i mean me and chase are young and in the prime of our lives and our career not to take anything away from jds or alan i i like both of those guys i would sit and talk with them about what they've done and i have admiration for them i do and i don't want to sound crazy here or, or ungrateful or like I'm just tooting my own horn, but that's what we're here to do, right? So yeah. it's uh it's my time. And I Chase mentioned it in his interview, and it, it looks so good the way that they did that, uh the lead up to the fight. The you know countdown he, to the crown. Yeah, there you go. There you go. The the inside stuff or whatever. Right. Yeah, countdown to the crown was what they called it. But he said he's the best heavyweight in the world right now by knockout ratio. And he is. And we're young studs fighting, and we're going to go for it. And they're older guys. I mean, that last fight with JDS and Roy, I mean, with Allen and Roy, 
it was just boring. And and as an athlete, one of the best in the world to do this, it's where I'm going with this, is it's not thinking I'm one of the best, it's knowing that. And you can't ever be a, a world champion if you don't know that you're going to be a world champion. So I, I know that I'm one of the best. Have a good one. Um, and I'm ready to go prove that. It's not how good we are. It's how good we are that night. And I know this mm-hmm. Saturday night, car crash, sickness, whatever's going on, I'm going to show up and I'm going to fucking win. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to beat one of those old guys because that's what they are to me. They're legends, but they're old. You can't teach speed, man. You're getting slow, Rock. Bam, bam. You can't see, Rock. Well, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to fucking rock them. Oh, you got one for Alex? L? Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking to him. Um, So you were talking about having some bad blood in your last fight. Uh, We spoke with Chase uh, last week. Obviously, he had lots of nice things to say about you. Said you guys are friends. You've trained together before. Do you feel like with this being such a violent part of combat sports, no gloves, absolutely raw, bare knuckle, do you feel like it helps to have some of that animosity towards your opponent? Or do you feel like it's easy to turn that off in the moment? Cerebrally for me, cognitively, it's easy to turn that off and go for it. Um, Some people might be harder than others, but you sign that contract there's this feeling inside of me that no matter what you say, oh, you think you could beat me? This is what I do. This is my way to feed my son and my family. And I get it's the same for you, but it, it brings this level of anger in me that it's able to, I'm able to easily flip that switch. Now, you know, a couple of years ago, it might be different. I fought Sam Alvey in Mexico City. We were cutting weight in Mexico City. I met all of his kids and his whole family. And then the next night during the fight, I had him a little hurt. And I pressed off the gas for the first time in my career, in my life. And I think it cost me the whole fight. And subconsciously after the fight, I was thinking, that's what I get for floating around in a fucking hot tub with him and his kids. (laughs) Um, But... Was that really the reason? I don't know. Maybe I was just looking for an excuse. Um, But with Chase, I think he understands what he's got to do. And if he doesn't, you know, I can't worry about that shit. Mm. I got to do what I got to do, and I'm going to do that. So I have nothing bad to say about him either. But that doesn't change the fact that I'm really, really going to try to physically fucking hurt him Saturday night. And... I think he understands that as well. And it is what it is. Nobody wants to fight me. Nobody wants to fight him. It's just neither one of us want to go work a nine to five. So this is what, <laughs> we, this is what It makes for a great call, Maine. Dave, yeah. I believe you have a fun little video you wanted to show him. All right, here we go, Alex. This is something that I think you will like, and I uh, have a question on it. Here we go. Real quick, fun video. <laughs> All right, Alex, those were gloves on, my man. And that was you 10 years ago. Even Alan talked about that story. He was like, that was a smaller Alex Nicholson. I can't even imagine what we're going to see Saturday Night Live at the Kia Center. Um, You're such a 
bigger, <laughs> a more dangerous athlete. And this is with no gloves on. So when I show you that video, what's your mindset when you see that video and it's a Saturday night? I mean, that's that's two different men. That was another lifetime ago. But <laughs> I am a much different human being mentally, physically, and spiritually. And I'm a much more dangerous one. I was 217 pounds in that video. He weighed in at 265. I remember at weigh-ins, ironically, I remember him saying, this is nothing personal, it's business. And that was one of the first times in my life that I took. Oh, no. That was too good. Dude, I know. Alex, uh, Alan is crying last week. His phone died. We had, we had a great stuff. Oh, there, there, he hey. there he is. Sorry, somebody was trying to call me. No worries. You're a busy man uh, this week, my man. The mindset and the mentality of that saying, we hear it all the time. This is nothing personal. It's business. That's the stupidest fucking saying on earth. Business is how we feed our family. What do you mean it's not personal? Especially mm. in this aspect of it. I remember Chase saying that to me. It's not personal. It's, it's business. And I remember repeating to my dad and Mike Perry and my friend Eric, who was in my corner. Why would he think that? Why would he say that? This is, it's personal and it's business. It's personal business. It's my health. And it put me on that. And that was a decade ago. But I was 217 pounds. He was 265. And everybody's like, oh, why are you doing this? And that honestly is the reason why I kept fighting at heavyweight right there is you see a 230, I'm 230 now. I'm not even that much bigger, but the muscle mass and the, the confidence is there and the speed is still there, the athleticism. So, I mean, you showing me that video. It's like, what is he going to do? He knows what happened to him. He's going to go out there and do his best. And he's got to convince himself that when he's standing across from me, I'm going to pull that trigger and I'm definitely not going to ever freeze when it's my job to squeeze my brother. So, you know, yeah. March, March 2nd, there at the Kia center, you know, you, you the volume, the, you know, those of you that see that video, you were deprived of the best part of the video. So go back and watch it. There's oh. a very, very loud smack in there. All right. We're gonna have to go watch it again now, but you got me thinking different now, man. Cause you make a good point. I mean, Business is personal sometimes, so it's all about how you look at it. But uh, we want to thank you for joining us today, Alex. You got this week is yours, man. Like this is yeah. exciting. We're gonna see you in less than twenty four hours. So nah, this uh, is what it's all about, yeah. man. Taking the time to talk about what we're about to do. Hell yeah! Do you have anything you want to say to maybe some of your teammates or your friends or your family before Saturday night? Mm, just God bless everyone, man. I'm happy we're all still here to enjoy the show of life. And if you guys can make it to mine. I appreciate the support. I appreciate the love, but God is good and every day to follow is as well. So God bless us all and let's let's keep enjoying this life. I love it. Can't wait, Alex. I can't wait, my man. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon and um, I'll see you all week long. Press yeah. conference, we got weigh-ins and then the uh, the show. It's going to be absolutely bananas, man. The thank Kia you. Center in Orlando, Alex. It's crazy. Thank you, for your, thank you for your time, guys. I really appreciate your time. See you soon. All right, brother. Appreciate it. We'll talk Thanks, soon. Alex. All right. Alex the Spartan Nicholson. Man, I can't wait. That you can fight. always count on him to be an interesting that, character. That I want to know how the like how the transition from NBA future 
Yeah, all of a sudden MMA. Well, it's so far, he is, he's a really, really good basketball player, really great he's athlete. Really? And he just, you know, that career. I feel like stopped. one day somebody looked at him wrong and he was like, oh, I'm doing MMA. Yeah, yeah. I, like, <laughs> you know? That man was always a fighter at heart. Always a fighter. a fighter. That's, I have to know. Like, well, I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to ask him that this week. Save it for this week, get. man. We're going to have plenty of time to ask him questions. Dude, we're all going to be in Orlando, Florida, covering, to me, and yeah. uh, it's so funny, guys. I don't know if you saw it. it Try to. I, I'm really sorry. I apologize to whatever media site posted it, but I guess they had an interview with Jorge and he posted it four or five days ago. And he's like, guys, you know, I'm not talking bad about any other organization. Of course, the UFC is the UFC. They're the hood ornament of combat sports. No doubt about it. But he goes, any other organization, anything that's on Fight Pass or he mentioned, of course, PFL and then Slash Bellator, he goes, our numbers and what we do and for how long we've only been around. He's like, we are absolutely, he goes, we're, he thinks he's this game bread bare knuckles, the second biggest promotion in the MMA space. He's like per numbers and per volume and per show. He's like, go to Bellator five or six. Like he's like, no, like no one was watching it. No one was there. How many big arenas they've been out? Ticket sales, YouTube yeah. views. It's just growing views. at such an incredible rate. Like the trajectory yeah. of it is incredible. Yeah. Incredible. People and people can't get enough of it. They're marketing it so well too. Like yeah. I think they're doing a lot of the things that PFL and Bellator have done incorrectly. I think Gamebred is just nailing. Yeah. yeah. And like they have somebody like Brendan Schaub joining, like, you know, like Can't so. Wait. You know, he's such a big name in the MMA space and to just like continue to get all these names. Marley, I swear to fucking God. <laughs> and a little bit uh, of the secret sauce. I've, I've said this multiple times. Uh, he probably hates how, how goodly I talk about him is Dean goodly. Tool. Dean Tool is the secret sauce. The matchmaking ability from Dean and the fights. It all like, it makes sense. It all sets up. Guys, how obvious is it? The winner of the co will be fighting the winner of the main in three or five months. Like sometimes yeah, like their fights don't make sense. Like nothing makes sense there. Like game bread has like a system there. It's so easy to right. follow what's going to happen. Right. And, I mean, um, when you have well, someone like Jorge who experienced it in the UFC, he's able to like, he lived it. And then he also has like an entrepreneurial spirit, right? So he's like combining yeah. the two. It's it's such a good thing. Good formula. Yeah. Yeah. The whole team is great behind the scenes. And I really love like I, I was talking to a couple of people that are coming to the show Saturday night, a couple of friends of mine that are coming to the Kia Center. I'm like, guys, I, I also love the the visual of Game Bread Bare Knuckle Live, like what they do with the music and the ramp and, and just how it looks yeah. on camera. I think it looks awesome. I think the oh, show is It looks killer. I was so impressed by the camera. It's like that HD USB yes, one yeah. they have. I'm like, it's like a freaking video game. It's so cool. Love that. So cool. Um, all right. So before Alex came on, we were talking a little bit about UFC Mexico City yes. and the UFC this past weekend. Brandon Royval won the main event via split decision. Um, I think I I think I have a good, you know, touch on who could be next, but I would love your guys' take. It uh, looks like uh, Pantoja, L, you probably know this more than most of us, wants the fight on UFC 301 in Brazil. There's no opponent yet. Yeah, yeah, 5-0 and is the funniest thing ever. <laughs> who do you think could be next for Pantoja? For Pantoja. There's so many options. There really are. Oh, like, Mikhailov, if Mikhailov wins yes. his next fight, he, that's the answer. He's the most exciting yes. matchup. Is he ready? I don't know. I don't know if he's ready. Undefeated? Yeah. 
Like he's yeah, the most exciting that. matchup yeah. by far. We've yeah. already seen Pantoja beat Moreno three times. Mm. We've already yeah, seen we're done with that. twice. We're done with those. Cop, um, who and Amir Albazi and Mikhailov are the three guys that make the most sense. Alex Perez, I love Alex Perez. I'm a huge fan of his. I feel like his time may be coming to an end. So to, I, I think that I think Mikhailov's path to the title is very clear right now. Mm. I, I do. Yeah. I do. Mrs. Timmy, where the fuck you at, baby? Let's go. <laughs> I think Dawson just did that to Alex Perez. That's what L. Dawson just did. I'm sorry. I, was like, no, I, just, I think that whoever is managing Mikhailov is doing a good job. That's yes. all I want to say. Answer. I think that this is a great matchup for him. It is a tough fight mm, because yeah. he's a tough fight for anyone. But I, I feel like I, I was expecting a little bit more from him when I thought he would, obviously Pantoja would have a very tough fight in Alex Perez. We didn't get to see a very long fight, obviously. So we don't know what it would have looked like if, if it would have been more competitive had he survived that first onslaught. But I, I think that this is a great matchup for Mikhailov to show that he's ready for the next step up in competition while it's still being a really great matchup for him. Now, he could also get clipped early. I could be wrong, you know? So I mean, that's the fight um, game, man. And if Perez beats Mikhailov, he's right back in title contention. Oh, with that being said, I, I, I agree 100%, L. My answer was Mikhailov, and especially he needs to win and be healthy out of this fight. But let's, just, let's go devil's advocate real quick. So we both say Mikhailov. Do you agree or do you think if Alex Perez wins and upsets Mokayev, does he get that shot? Or do you think they might move some stuff around? Is he on a win streak? No. No, no, no. Then no. No, you can't. You, okay. you shouldn't be getting a title shot off of a one-fight win streak. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, I just Addy don't think. I mean, yeah, Elle couldn't have said it better than I could have. I mean, okay. that's kind of the logistics. I was looking at Kai Kara France and what his story is, but he recently – yeah, he's got a couple L's in the bag, so he's kind of stagnant for a second. But then it's like he's at number four, so what do you do with him, you know? Like, he just lost to Brandon Moreno. Um, does he fight the loser of Perez and Mikhaev? Like, yeah, I don't He's got to fight Cap, Manap yeah. Cap. That yeah. fight needs to happen. That, yeah. Like, they have bad sense. blood with each other. That fight needs to happen. Yeah. And then the winner of that maybe pops to one, a, you know, a championship level, or right. the winner that can fight a Murano or a Roy Ball to kind of like then the winner of that fight is a clear cut number one contender. I yeah. I do worry about. I well I did. Um, obviously it's a little bit different. I worried about Moreno kind of being the Max Holloway of this division right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I Roy Ball looked really good. He fought him really really well. Um, yeah. He his get up looks much better than it did against Pantoja. I think it's also, you don't have to worry about the back getting taken as much with, uh, with Moreno. The scramble is there, but the danger of the jujitsu, but I thought he fought him very, very intelligently. And he looked obviously much better than he did in his fight against Pantoja, but, and maybe Moreno will be that guy with where he's kind of back and forth with Roy Ball. I think he could potentially keep a lot of contenders away from Pantoja because he's such a difficult guy to fight. He's really awkward and he's got a really hard style to prepare for, and he doesn't get tired. Yeah. Um, all right. So another topic I so want to talk about, and it came through UFC Mexico, is so Dana White to me, I talked about the UFC 300 card. It's amazing. It's so good. But when you overblow or you overpromise something, 
it to me, there feels something is off, especially with the main event being what it is. We've kind of already hit on that. So I'm not going to beat a dead horse. But what Dana White, all these interviews he did this past week, especially in Mexico and about UFC Mexico City, was all about the sphere in UFC 306. Finally announced Mexican Independence Day 306. And he's like, guys, like we we all look up to Dana. We all be like, dude, he's the man. He's he's the the catalyst of what we love so much and Dana White contender series literally has a show name about him. He's, he has so much. I don't think he understands how, maybe he does understand how much, uh, he knows he's the captain. He yeah, knows. His word is like, means he's the a captain. lot to so many yep. people. And he's saying that this card on three Oh six in the sphere is like, it's going to be one of the greatest things the UFC has ever yeah. done. Like this is going to be the best thing ever. What it looks like all this stuff. I'm like, and I'm excited for it, but like, I'm starting to get that feeling of like, Dana, you're doing it again. Like you're over promising something. If this isn't like the greatest fucking fight thing we've ever seen live fight card match together. If I don't see like clowns hanging from the ceiling, doing tricks and free alcohol for everyone. Like it's not going to be what he's saying. Like, I don't like he's doing it again. I, yeah. yeah. Well, I think to his point, well, first of all, like you said, let's not, you know, what's the phrase kick a horse while it's down or whatever it is. He kind of shot himself in the foot. I, I pulled a Dave. I don't know what I'm saying. But, um, he shot himself in the foot with UFC 300 by acting like it was going to be the craziest thing in the world. We get that. But I think with the sphere, that probably took forever to book and probably took forever to plan. And it's like, how did you not plan for that to be UFC 300? in the sphere like are you fucking kidding me like that that's something where people would have been like holy shit like that's ufc 300 it's at the sphere give it that level of incredible like incredibleness you know great point that's (laughs) a great point when it comes to the card itself it's almost like yeah it's probably going to be a great card but the entertainment aspect of it is going to be a grand slam no matter who is on the card it needs to be well because of the sphere itself like have you seen the videos coming out of the sphere like the incredible like like I'm, I can't find the my visual. The visual the is visual like it's iconic. You're gonna see the highlight reels on the walls. Like, yeah. like fuck a jumbotron. We're talking like literally living. It. Like people are going to be feeling like they're in the cage. Like this is going to be insane. So he wins on that level already, and then hopefully it's good fights. <laughs> you know, so. I can't even imagine what those tickets are like because when I was in Vegas for my husband's fight, we were considering going to the sphere for one of the shows and the cheapest ticket was like $800. It was like, what? (laughs) It was crazy. I bet you can see from anywhere. So they're like, oh, we can charge. Like there are no nosebleeds. There are, there are no bad seats. Like, so they're all. I actually heard it's almost, it's like NASCAR. You want to actually sit higher up. You want to sit in the back. When you sit in the front and close, like you're almost too close to it. But with the cage being there, like you're going to want to be like on the floor by the cage, but then it's looking, it's going to be, it's going to be a tad awkward. So I, yeah, I don't, all I'm saying is I just feel like, just like, let this thing, put this thing on the back burner a little bit. We got 300. Let's handle. I, I heard 301's New Jersey. Someone told me I was wrong. I mean, 301's uh, Brazil. 302, I heard, is New Jersey. 
Um, I already had like a like four. That like that's worry about Saudi Arabia is other... coming up too. I know that Saudi Arabia is coming up too. Yeah, Saudi Arabia International Fight Week. Supposedly yeah. Connor and Chandler's on that show. Supposedly I don't I know. Bet they, fear, I bet the sphere is John Jones. It has to be. If yeah. if there's not if John Jones or Connor McGregor or Brock Lesnar is not on that card. <laughs> It's going to be a flop, which is kind of what happened with UFC 300. Like, yeah, totally. One of those three things doesn't happen. I, I have my money on John Jones, for yeah. sure. Uh, but how about it? Could be Connor and Chandler. It could. I would lose my mind. Like that it, is. It could be Connor and Chandler. I would, take, I would take out a loan for that fight. Okay, like fan. I would go to the bank and I'd say, "Hi, I need this loan because there is a fight that I have to attend. Please give me this loan." The like, bank will say yes. That makes perfect sense. That's what banks <laughs> anyway, so what? Here's like I'm the un I'm the least conspiracy person ever. Like I just the moon thing. I don't know if they tell me it, I believe it. I'm just that guy. I, mm -hmm. I just don't. I got too much going in my own life to think about what other people and 9 11 and stuff. Whatever happened, happened. I'm just the least conspiracy <laughs> person ever. But how about this conspiracy of the UFC? Joe Party Penfell joined us in two three minutes. What I mean, maybe they really could have had Connor and Chandler at 300, but they're like, guys, the card's amazing anyways. We have it. We have it. It's going to sell amazing. I'm pushing the sphere. Like Dana's almost been talking up the sphere more than UFC 300. What happened if he's like, dude, if I do Connor and Chandler at 300, I got nothing big for the sphere. I think Connor Chandler is now the sphere. Mm -hmm. After you said it, I'm like, that has yeah, to be. I think, I think more likely Connor caught wind of the sphere. And then was like, oh, fuck 300. I want to be in the sphere. Yeah, the sphere. You know, like I I would I would believe that for sure. And then uh -huh. that would make sense as to why Dana kept saying like, oh, we could make a documentary out of all of the drama behind UFC 300. And like, which I think we're going to have, by the way. I oh, think there exactly. is a documentary coming out. If it's on UFC Fight Pass, I'm watching that show. Like, yeah, thousand like percent. I'm talking about that. Did you hear Izzy's on every media spot, MMA space and everyone's been posting it. It was supposed to be literally last week, Izzy and places Like they said, Izzy, that's it. 300. They do deal done. And DDP turned it down. He's like, Nope, not ready. My body's oh, not good from this. the Strickland fight. Yeah. Can't do it. Damn. So I'm like, damn. If I'm, I'm being honest, that wouldn't have been a 300 main event for me either. Like Alex Piera and Jamal Hill is no, <laughs> I said either. Izzy and DDP would have been more fun. I just, I, yeah, for how I much they hyped it up and what 200, like the way they did 200, like I just, it would have had to be bigger, I think, for, for the, uh, you, you got to under promise and over deliver, not the yes, other way around. That's, that's you know? like my life motto. That's what I did to my wife. I'm like, darling, I'm okay. You know, come on, <laughs> let's date a little bit. I'm all right. I'm decently good looking. I make decent money. Uh, my house is decent. Come on in, darling. And Very then I'm like, dude, I can do my hair better. I'm actually better good looking than decent. I got more money than decent. Then she loved me, and we've been married ever since. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> so just tell everyone you're average. Yeah. And then wow them. And then you can just wow them. Five bananas, we're average over here. That's going to be our new model. You're kind of on to something there. I know. We're not crazy like about fights. We are average over here at Fight Bananas. <laughs> I want that on a shirt. Yeah. Fight Bananas. We're average. <laughs> We're average. Oh, God. This is the best so show great. ever. This is the best show ever. 
This is the best. Hopefully, so Joe, Joe Bonifiel knows his uh, new time and comes I, in in one minute. It wasn't new time. It's been his time for a week. He I comes know. in at one fifteen with, with the other guests. We're about to go five quad wide. Between with him what? and Alex Nicholson, who's crazier? Oh. <laughs> Let's, I, I think um, it's Alex, but Joe definitely has. Dude. They're both, and you know, I'm saying this, and that I, they're friends of mine. We are, we've been through the ringer, all of us in this MMA space. They're both, though, the nicest people. They're yeah. crazy, and I love them for that, yeah. but they are like just really the nice. Sweetest. Like, yeah, the sweetest guys. If, the Al best. if Alex like gave me a second and he like stopped talking for 0.5 seconds, I would have told him <laughs> that he's the biggest teddy bear. Like, yeah. I didn't want to blow up his spot either. He he's got to be tough right now, but like yeah, yeah, that dude. man is the biggest teddy bear. On fight Period. week, he's he's a savage. He's just Spartan this week. He can't right. be a teddy bear. He can't right. do that matter. Right. Man. But it's like as soon as the fight's over, he's like back to like there's something in his eyes, man. His I I know this sounds weird, but like he's got the kindest eyes. <laughs> a very kind eye. He does. He's, he's got average eyes. <laughs> Nothing average about him. He's got very kind eyes. Joe has fucking crazy eyes, so I'm excited <laughs> to hear uh, his mindset in a little bit. You are, so, um, you are on one. I am. Here. It's the caffeine. Oh, update, by the way. Let's see. JetBlue app. Oh, I Thank literally. JetBlue. Here we go. It got delayed again, guys. Oh, no. Let's see. Boarding is at 949. Yeah, dude. If this doesn't get canceled. <laughs> Let's so, check on Southwest. I, I arrive at 1 30 in oh the morning. Goodness, dude. You're you're done. You're done. I, I don't know if I should be saying this on the show, El. I'm probably blowing her spot a little bit, but this I think it's funny because Maddie is and Ross has lived this life. So like El is coming on Thursday. Then she she's staying with the Van Hawkins for three straight. Hell nights. yeah. Like, Good dude, luck, baby. It. Buckle up. Ready. She has no idea what she's getting herself into. She has no idea. It's the best. It's the best. Oh, so You're going to well. have the best. So I do. Okay. So now I have to share a story of the time that Ross and I decided to stay with the Van Aukens. And first of all, the best people in the world. You already know that. And then their children are just like, I consider them my nieces and nephews now. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I've already oh decided that. Oh, my God. And so... I forget what day it was, but I was like, I just, I have to sneak away and take a nap. Like I, I'm so exhausted. I'm going to sneak away, go lay down. So I go to like my little corner that they set up for me and I'm, I'm laying down. And you know, when you just know that someone's staring at you, I open my eyes and one of the twins is staring at me. Taylor. Taylor. Yep. And she goes, what are you doing? No, it was Emmy. It was Emmy. Was it Emmy? Because she loved Ross. She loves yeah. Ross. Yeah. And she goes, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm napping. And I was like, is that okay? And she's like, can I hang out with you? And I was like, it's <sighs> like, yeah. <laughs> and it just didn't happen. So I hope you don't mind not sleeping. No, it'll be fine. I'm yeah. super excited. Yeah, that's that's the Van Auken house way. It's like people don't understand. Like people like afterwards are like, "You live like this every day." I'm like, "Yes." Like it hasn't stopped. And I have a 12 year old son. It's been 12 years. Oh, this is just it. haven't like, slept in 12 years. God bless you. God, I don't sleep bless or go to the bathroom by myself. It's been 12 yeah. years. Oh yeah, I got walked in on in the bathroom too. So make sure you uh, lock the door, L. Yeah. 
All right, so now Jillian's here. She's like, what are they talking about on Fight Bananas? <laughs> Joe Penafel was supposed to be here. We're, our times are all wild. Well, let's he'll, see come, how he'll come eventually. When the Savage is on, you put the Savage on. That's just, that's yes. rule number. It's the Savage uh, Hour anyway. Priority. Yeah, priorities. Hey, so what's, up? what's up? I, all I know is I know exactly what you guys are talking about with this one. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Can't, can't have a second alone. <laughs> I feel left out. I need to bring my... 67 pound dog in here yes <laughs> absolutely i love it listen well, dude, I, the party's ready to go did this. the party's ready to go i will bow out so i can take care of my freaking cat all right um as of right now guys i land in orlando at 1 30 in the morning so oh, fingers crossed it doesn't get canceled if you can maddie we'll see maybe try to pop in and give us an update on the time later all right. I'll let you know, guys. Right. I'll talk right. to you later. All right, Maddie. You're the best. Bye. All right. G, what's up? I cannot. There's like, I want to talk about UFC Mexico, of course, with Prado being there and your coach and everything. But Joe Party Penafel came through. I definitely want to give him five, 10 minutes. We got Game Bread Bare Knuckles Saturday night, Orlando, Florida. Look at him. He's wearing the New York Yankee cap. Much love to the party. Joe Penafel, what's up, Joe? I'm doing good, man. I'm in line at uh, at the local Starbucks here. I got to get a little bit of like a little espresso into the system, nice and relaxed. It's the it's, it's the that's the weight cut way and drive through at Starbucks. I love it. I love it. Yeah, man. We're not doing um, too much of a crazy weight cut, even if it was. We're still uh, just relaxed, chilling. You know, woke up a little late this morning. Went to the store. Picked up some new T-shirts, just got myself, like, a couple little things. And then I said, fuck it, I got the wrong time. Called you guys a little early, and now I'm here at Starbucks. Yeah. Joe, have you ever, Jalen, have you guys ever trained each, with each other at, at Fusion before? I think we might have got around to sparring together uh, once or twice. Yeah, maybe once or twice. Yeah, not too many times. I always miss her when she's in town, but... I'm always around, and I see her. She's killing it. So much uh, respect and a lot of love and admiration coming from me to see that you're doing your uh, your thing over there in the UFC and really pushing towards superstardom. Oh, yeah, you too. You know, it's like you live up to that nickname, The Party. Like, every single fight of yours is an absolute just firefight. Fun to watch. I love tuning into all your fights. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's really kind of you. So these are my notes. These are my professional notes for Joe Party Penafel. The top one is must see TV. Like, I agree with you, G. Like, you know, it's been it's awesome. I get paid to be at the shows, but if I wasn't, I wouldn't miss a Joe Party Penafel fight. Like he is, he's just the the walk, the weigh in, the fight itself afterwards. Everything this man does, like I'm telling you, and that's I Joe. Let's start there, man. How cool is it that? Do you feel the love? I talked to Dean off air more than I do on air. He absolutely loves you, respects you, like wants you on every show that you can be a part of. How cool is it to like have a home? You've been in so many different organizations, so many different genres for a decade doing your thing. Like you, it feels like you got a home here at Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA. You know what I do? Uh, they treat me very well. I get paid very nice and handsome. And, um, at the end of the day, I like to work with people that know me best, and they're and they're trying to promote me, and and they're just doing a great job, man. They really take care of us fighters. Everything is always a one with Jorge and Dean. The hotels are always the best ones. The the venue is always the biggest. Um, 
so it's always fun, man. It always makes it a, a big spectacle. And I'm just trying to add my flavor and my sauce to the whole event, basically. I I want people at the edge of their seats. Um, I know what I bring. I know I have a weird um, kind of like hands-down style where people get creeped out because they think I'm going to get hit or I'm going to lose at any minute because I can get clipped at any second and get my lights taken out. But um, I push the pace. It's always blood. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I'm always there to give everything, give it, give it my all and give the crowd and the people what they paid for which is fucking a badass fight with guys not giving a fuck and really going out there and trying their best i uh got to be at uh charles bennett's last bare knuckle mma fight and i think his sentiment was that oh, i'll wait for you to grab your coffee <laughs> Get you that espresso. he's the like i want the espresso he's like literally i'm fighting in the kia center you know i got hundreds of thousands of people watching me live he's like people will be in the building he's like Starbucks. Gotta have my coffee. Gotta have my coffee. Yeah, we we had to get some coffee. I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. I'm such oh. a fucking. I'm such a girl. I'm so, I'm sorry. That's like my like diva side. I've been hanging out too much with my buddy Hannah Goldie. Sometimes you know, I, I she rubs off on me with the Starbucks shit. So uh, talking about big, that. What? Real talk quick. to me, my friend. Jillian will like that. And L, I let you have the question. I just talked to Hannah last night. Uh, she's going to be in the building, and she might be doing some Fight Banana stuff as well. So uh, some cool stuff in the works. Talked to her last night. Elle, take it away. Um, I got I got the privilege of being at Charles Bennett's last bare knuckle MMA fight, and his sentiment throughout the whole fight seemed to be that he was very upset that Keith Speed was doing a whole lot of grappling. Is it fair to say that he will not have the same complaint about your fight this weekend? Yeah, it's, it's never um... – I can grapple my ass off, you know what I mean? I've never really um, been held down too much. I think one guy in my whole career has held me to the cage. Um, but I really don't have a problem on the ground. I'm an experienced Brazilian jiu-jitsu dude with uh, with experience with guys like Henan Barral, guys like Leandro uh, Brodinho Issa over at 1FC. So it's like... Um, I don't give a fuck about going down there, but the biggest thing I want to do is give the people what they want and they want a fucking badass fight. And that's what I'm going to provide. I'm going to throw my hands faster and harder than he's going to throw his. I think uh, he's a great fighter and I think he has a lot of ability and a lot of quality and some still left in the tank, but I just feel that I'm, I'm in my prime. I'm in the, in the beginning of my, uh, of this campaign that I'm trying to do this 2024 and I'm super experienced and super relaxed, just like him. And I just think I'm, I'm going to be faster to pull the trigger and I'm going to land faster and his timing's going to be off and my off timing and my off rhythm is going to give him a lot of trouble. Like it's giving a lot of people in the past. And I feel when I touch him, I'm either going to put him out or he's going to give me his back and give me his neck. And if he does that, that's on him. Because people know I'm not really big on my submissions. I don't have that many submissions on my record. What I do have is a lot of ass beatings, people that don't ever want to fight when they fight me. I push the pace, and I'm going to punch you. I'm going to hold you in half guard, right? and I'm going to take your back. I'm not really looking to fucking finish it. If you're going to give me your neck, you're going to give me your neck. But I'm really looking to inflict damage, inflict uh, pain, 
and get out of there safe and sound and, and go enjoy the rest with my uh, with my friends and family uh, and co-workers and everyone uh, standing in the crowd. I love it. I love it. G, if you want uh, next question coming up, you just mentioned something about a camp uh, campaign 2024. And like I said, I talked to you, um, you know, off air, a lot of the game bread people, Joe, you know that they absolutely love you. Do you have aspirations though in 2024, maybe even for game bread, bare knuckle MMA fighting for a championship, winning the championship. Would you be, would you want to maybe transition a little bit into that? Be like, guys, yeah. Fight of the night, every, every show. Absolutely. But I want to be world championship because we will crown our first world heavyweight championship at this show. Would you want to be a champion soon uh, for game bread, bare knuckle MMA? Yeah, why not, man? I've been a champion before on the regional scene at a, a lot of promotions um, from New England to uh, places in Colorado and random places in Georgia and shit, Mississippi as well. But um, who wouldn't want to have that kind of like uh, I'd love to have like a, like a bare-knuckle world title type situation going where they could put me against someone at my weight class, maybe somewhere around 130, 135. Right. Just put me against somebody that um, I think is, you know, also very experienced and maybe on the move up too, you know, maybe a younger guy, you know, a guy that's supposed to beat me, and then I go out there, do a number on him, and fucking take a little bit of shine and take the belt, you know. I, I'd, I'd love to do that, but um, I'm more focused on fucking causing damage and causing terror this year. I really want to uh, make my uh, my name ring loud, louder than what it has been ringing. You know, I've been, I think I've done a good job for a guy that's not been in the UFC or Bellator or anything. I've, you know, I think a lot of people know me and respect me. And uh, I'm just here to do more than just be known and be respected. You know, I feel like I have a little bit more to show. And the best way for me to, to show that is to, uh, to go out there and fight and to give out these type of performances that I want to give out. Yes, do I want to finish this guy? Yes, do I want to um, get, get a, like a fight of the night type performance? But I'm more worried about giving it like a hundred percent being tired as fuck at the end of the fight and making sure I did as much as I, as I could possibly, even if I don't finish the guy, but I really want to finish him. And I really want to cement my name in the, in as an old town Orlando fucking legend. I already am. You know what I mean? I have, I go out to bars around here and people buy me beer just because they knew me as the wrestling guy back in high school. So you know, it's it's fucking um, it's gonna be fun fighting uh, Charles, and I, I just hope the best for him. I hope he had a great camp, uh, and I can't wait to fucking throw down in the old town, baby. Let's go, G. Um, so obviously, bare knuckles has been your home now, but would you have any intentions of going back to MMA? No, for sure. I love MMA. It's actually, uh, I love fighting in general. Obviously, um. But um, I would not not go back to MMA. I just haven't had the right um, fight offers or fight opportunities. Um, Jorge and Dean have always, like I said, treated me so handsomely with uh, the pay and how they treat their fighters. Like I've said before in the past, these guys have fucking buses from the hotel to the to the to the venue and back, so you don't have to worry about shit really at the end of the day. But um. But, yeah, if somebody – there's only, like, one or two guys in the whole, like, scheme of things, like, regionally that I hate, kind of. And hate's a strong word. It's not that I hate. I just want to compete against them. They talk a lot of shit. 
and I want to put them out. So I'm the type of guy, I love it when there's another guy there talking shit because it just makes my job easier. I don't have to create fake narrative in my fucking head, which happens a lot with me, which uh, I have to create this like animosity between me and the person, but it's usually just in my head because I have to create it to really like want to go out there and hurt this guy and compete against him. But yeah, there's only one guy in New England. He calls himself some bullshit-ass nickname that I'm not even going to mention, but I'm going to go up there eventually and uh, handle that. But once I'm done with that, I think I don't want to fight any more guys regionally unless it's going to be for game bread. Like I said, the loyalty is a big thing for me. And and unless, like, he, he doesn't give a fuck. He'll let me fight anywhere. But unless someone comes with some uh, a good offer or, like, a certain person or two, then that's the only thing that would steer me away from bare knuckle love that man joe we'll let you run here in a second i got one more for you i know it's fight week and busy as hell you got the espresso we get it man and we we love talking to you i'll see you all week long i'm coming up to orlando uh-huh. i'll be there for the next three four days last thing for you i talked to alex nicholson about it uh how like how meaningful is it because it is to me and i'm not even fighting on it yeah i'll be doing that later with you too joe uh, I'm not even fighting on it, but with me working the show at the Kia, like that's my, that's my dig, man. Like that's where I grew up. My kids go there. We watch basketball games there. We seen the rock there. Like that's just my home court. Uh, is it meaningful for you to fight in Orlando at the Kia center now and, uh, really just burn that house down? You know what? Fuck as an Orlando native, like who, who wouldn't have such pride into, going in there and performing in front of like whoever the fuck shows up i don't care if there's two ants in there but just having the chance to perform live uh where the nba plays at where the magic fucking you know have done their thing at man it's amazing dude it's uh it's really like um a sweet homecoming for a guy like me and um, i'm pretty sure i'm going to be opening up the card we have one of the most I think underrated cards fucking ever. Like the events have been great, but this event has fucking some killers in it. From uh, from Guto Inocente, the Brazilian guy, the kickboxer, to Junior yeah. Dos Santos, Alan Belcher, yeah. Alex Nicholson, fucking Chase Sherman. Me and, and Charles are gonna be starting off the fight. You Jenkins got and Tyler Hill. Carolina. Yeah, you got some fucking you got some fucking fisticuffs coming ahead of you, and all in Orlando. <laughs> March yeah. 2nd, it's going down, Kia Center, downtown Orlando. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Don't be fucking late. Get to show early. Get your fucking pictures. Get your popcorn and just get your seats ready because it's going to be a wild night. And um, I can't wait. And it's a big deal, like I said, performing over there where the NBA plays at, where the Magic play at. But more than anything, I'm just excited to be able to uh, express myself and my um, my martial arts to to the biggest audience that I can at the moment, you know? And it's going to be fucking amazing. I'm going to be there hands down, moving, jerking, dipping, slipping, throwing fucking bombs, and uh, Charles is going to be trying to counter, and then I could already see me touching him, and then it's going to be over. And if it doesn't work out like that, fuck it. I'll figure it out on the fly. Dude, you're the best party, man. We're going to use that as a uh, reel for sure, my man. That got me hyped up. Guys, check out Joe Party Penafel Saturday Night Live at the Kia Center fighting the Bennett Charles. Uh, my man, Joe, much love. We'll see you in Orlando all week. All right, brother? Love you guys. Love you, girls. Thank you so much. Appreciate y'all. Thanks, Joe. All right, brother. Later, my man. Bye. Joe Party Penafel.
God, I love that guy. I love that guy. Um, so, G, dude, you're an absolute stud uh, coming on tad early. But to jump into an interview like that, uh, love it. But I have a little fun something for you. We're trying to up our game a little bit here at Fight Banana. So I got this video for you. I was going through my phone, and I don't know why I still had this video. But just I'm going to play it, and then you tell me what you think. You ready? All right. Look at your smile, dude. You're like glowing from ear to ear. Like you literally just saw Santa Claus right in front of you. That was fucking amazing. Honestly, there really is no like feeling compared to that for me. And I, well, I guess one getting a win, two getting a finish. I'm like yeah. being able to get a finish. I'm like, there really is like, it's like I went in there. I freaking put in eight, 12, whatever it was, weeks of hard work. And it finally just paid off in that moment. And then also just like, I've missed it so much, like through the COVID period without having a crowd there. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just so thankful to have the crowd back. Every time I go out there, just that energy there really makes all the difference to me. Dude, your smile was like so contagious. You got Bruce Buffer in the background screaming your name, what he does. You got DC, one of the greatest of all time, about to interview afterwards. I know it's not me, G. I know one day maybe it might be. Maybe DC might need to get pushed over. But uh, I don't know. I think that video was so cool. Just like your smile, just like you, you like you said, you can't man manufacture it. It's It's bliss. It's this pure happiness. It's pretty cool, I think. Every, like, all from the time, like, I'm in the back room to, I even, like, during the fight in between rounds, I keep on trying to remind myself to smile and just take in the moment. Because, like, Dean told me a long time ago, he's like, whenever your last fight comes, it's going to come too quick. You know, like, yeah. you're going to retire, you're going to have to retire, you're going to be like, man, I wish I could have more fights. So every single moment, I just try to take it in. Remember that I love this more than anything. And really, like, time flies by in fight camps. Like, it just like those 12 weeks go by and then you go through two fight camps, three fight camps a year. And then that year has gone by like that. So it's like you really just kind of have to pause and take in the moments and just try to smile about them. I love it. I love it. Oh, I have, a, you know, if you want to ask G a question next or just whatever comes up. But we definitely got a hit on your teammate, uh, Prado. Great fight. Uh, got performance of the night as well. But just, of course, the social media world that we live in, uh, Coach, Coach Awesome, talking about, you know, I, I know he said multiple times, he didn't say exactly what they translated, but he said, you don't need an eye to fight, all that. It kind of went viral. Just have you talked to Coach? Have you talked to Prado? What did you think watching it live? Just what you're uh, feeling on it? Uh, awesome just came back today, so I haven't really talked to him. He made a little announcement post-fight or post-training uh, today, just kind of talking about it a little bit, saying how um, his intention in the end, saying like he wanted him to just hold him against the cage, essentially, make it a boring right. third round, saying you don't need your eye through enclosed distance was right. the translation that got lost, apparently, mm -hmm. where he just wanted uh, Prado to kind of try to squeeze out a decision because of the damage that um, Zell Hoover was already able to do to the eye. Uh, but overall, I think like that kid's got heart. He's a dog, you know, and he's yeah. 22 years old. The uh, Zell Hoover's 24 years old. Just that fight, I think, was absolutely impressive for both of them. Oh, for sure.
I was going to say to recap that, I know he probably has aspirations of UFC and UFC gold and all of that nature. But, like, tell me Prado is not a perfect guy to fight under game-bred bare-knuckle MMA. Like, I was watching that fight. I'm like, dude, Jorge and Dean, too, are probably at home. Like, oh, give us this guy. Give it. He's so young. Um, very handsome man, like very, you know, good looking guy. Like he, he could be on posters. You know, we always say that we want Jillian to have Robertson on a fight poster soon. Like this guy could be on a poster for game bread, bare knuckle MMA, but I'll take hey. it away. Well, well he's Argentinian to Dover, of course. Exactly. <laughs> he's currently one and two in the UFC, but both two fight like short notice against Jamie Malarkey, who's a complete vet. Uh, and then this yeah. last fight, getting fight of the night. So it's like, even in his two losses, he had phenomenal performances. His last win got a 50K bonus as well. He had a spinning elbow knockout. So it's like, he's a young kid with a lot to look out from. A lot. Oh, he's got so much potential. I agree. And like, he's one of those guys that I don't think is ever going to be in a boring fight. Like, exactly. I don't think, I don't think that's even possible. And and I think Zell Huber as well. Um, he had a lackluster start in the UFC, but his last couple of fights, he's looked just phenomenal. And I think the fact that he had a fairly competitive first uh, first round with Zell Huber uh, says a lot about Prado. Is there somebody he wants next or that you think he should fight next? What would make like the most exciting fight in your opinion? Uh, I'm not sure right now. Uh, I know probably needs to take some time. I'm not sure ex the extent of the damage that he's got yeah. there, but from the TV, it looks like a broken orbital, orbital possibly, you know? J just my assumption. <laughs> Do Dr. Robertson there. Like, I have no idea. But uh, it looks like he might have had, like, a broken orbital, something like that. So he might need to take some time off. Uh, I don't – there's a lot of good fights to put him in. Uh, I know that Zell Huber just fought him. Uh, Lando Venata. That's another Ooh. one where it's, like, I feel like a 50K fight would I like to see. 100%, I yeah. That. I love that. But it's funny, like, I don't know, it just kind of popped in my head. I don't know why the UFC doesn't do more of, like, wouldn't it be cool, G? And tell me you would like this idea or not like this idea. And five months from now, four months from now, like, you and Prado to be on the same show. It's, like, kind of more of, like, a little bit of a gym thing. Like, two, you know, two, of course, different fights and all that nature. But, like, the coach, it's only one plane ticket. I know the UFC doesn't care about money that way. But I just think it would be cool to do a little bit more of, like, Jim, you know, you guys have two, three people on a show. Another Jim Killcliffe can have four people on on the card. Just like a little bit of that nature, and just I would assume the week would be more fun. You're with your teammates and Jim. Like you, you like that idea or not? You gotta get me, Francisco Prado, Eileen Perez yeah. all on a UFC Miami card. It's ten oh. minutes down the road. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Get that okay. lined up. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Are you going to um? I, I know, um, you know, you said to us very, I was very disappointed in our uh, conversation yesterday about you probably not going Saturday to Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA. Um, are you intrigued at all about UFC 299 in Miami the next week? Are you trying to head, go to that? Or are you trying to keep your weekends open for a little bit? No, I'm trying to get, uh, definitely go watch those fights. I think 299 is kind of a card you can't miss. It's stacked from top to bottom, and yeah. I, I just kind of want to be there for it. <laughs> okay, okay. Next week, we'll go all in on UFC 299, O'Malley and Cheeto Vera. Uh, anything else from UFC Mexico? We really hit about it on the beginning of the show. The Yair Rodriguez and Brian Ortega fight was just like, it's just one of those fights. It doesn't make sense. Um, it's just bananas. I, I had Yair going into the fight. Um, Ortega literally almost breaks his ankle before the fight. 
10 eights him. The referee could have stopped the fight, all that. And then Ortega just flips it the next round, gets a crazy uh, arm and, you know, triangle in the third. What did you think of that fight? Anything else jump off you of the UFC Mexico card? Uh, with that fight, I felt like, well, obviously, Yair had a great uh, start. I thought it was going to get finished in the first round. I was surprised that Brian made it out. But it's like, it was almost once he got that takedown at the very end of the first, Yair just stopped fighting. I feel like it's just like that mentally broke him. And then from that point on, Ortega was just kind of able to do what he wanted with his takedowns. And then it was like Yair wasn't even trying almost on the ground. It was like he just quit. And then um, I'll say with the main event, I feel like I was really disappointed in Moreno as a fan of Me Moreno. Too. I feel like he didn't show up. I think, I, I don't know. He, it just looked like it was like a sparring session for him. He kind of uh, wasn't really letting go, just kept his hands by his face a lot. It wasn't really, I don't, there wasn't the volume that you usually see from Moreno. And uh, my coach Dean always says it. He's like, usually from these guys, you see like one or two good runs and that's it. And I'm like, is this it for him? I'm Dude, like, that's so that. Gee, that's where I'm going with it. And I, I, I hate almost talking about it, but just I just think it's fun conversation or just real conversation. After the fight, and I kind of looked up Brandon in his topology. For one, the man's like, the, everyone thinks he's super young. He's not super young. And two, like he's been fighting forever. And then three, here's the last thing that people really don't want to realize. They, it happens with Volkanovski. And maybe it's just a different time. Uh, back in the day, like guys, there used to be like a, Eight years ago, there would be a UFC pay-per-view like once every three months. Like that's what it was. And it was just so long and stretched out. There's fight nights every week. There's pay-per-views. There's not even one a month. There's 14 in a year. Sometimes they do. It's like every three weeks. It's just so much content. Some of these guys spin around so quick. Dude, he's had seven five-round like wars. Like those fights against Davison Figueredo, who's a legitimate bantamweight, banging at him. Like I just kind of saw Brandon. I'm like, dude, like – and. In the fight game, you lose just that much, just a tad. Like, you're not the same guy. He just seems a tad slower, a tad uh, less volume. I'm like, uh-oh. Like, are we seeing the beginning of the end of Brandon Morano? Especially in the 125-pound division. I feel like it, in, like, the heavyweights, you can be a little bit older, oh, a little bit yeah, slower. Yeah. You see guys that are older do well in the heavyweight division. But at 125, it's like you lose that tiny bit of speed. And these guys yeah. are just so fast. You can't keep up. And it's just... I think that might be what we're seeing. What do you think, Al, about Brandon? I I don't know that he's done. I think we'd I think I'd have to see him have a less than stellar performance against somebody else. Like we have Pantoja, who's the best. I don't think yeah. Pantoja's losing to anybody anytime soon. And then we have Roy Vall, who I think is a really difficult style to fight. I don't think uh, flyweights aren't used to dealing with that much length typically. And I think he would. I think he's just really hard to fight well. And maybe, maybe Brandon had an off night, uh, Moreno, I should, <laughs> Brandon and Brandon, uh, maybe Moreno had an off night. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would like to see a resurgence. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sold yet that this is the end of Brandon Moreno. I think, I think a guy like Roy Val is a, a difficult style. And I think Roy yeah. Val fought him really smart. That's yeah. the most get up I've ever seen from Brandon Royval. He's usually very content to accept the takedown and like play jujitsu off his back. And we just didn't really see that this fight. Yeah. I, I thought Royval, like to go, you know, we're going on the, the loser side of it. I thought Royval was awesome. And I know Ortega kind of stole the night a little bit just of everything and everything he said afterwards. 
to me, I thought Roy Ball was the, the star of the night. Like for him, like you saw Brandon, you didn't see a Brandon have a bad fight. Brandon Moreno, I should say, have a bad fight. You just saw like, to me, Roy Ball have a better fight. Like he just yeah. never stopped. It felt like the second or third round, he really felt like that teeth kick was working for him. And it was like, oh, this is good. Like he kept on kicking Brandon's body, keep kicking him. And he just like never stopped. Like Roy Ball, just his volume never went down. And oh, um, he so much. It's like those were Max Holloway numbers. That was yeah, nuts. yeah, yeah. So, at at seven thousand feet, <laughs> right? <laughs> On short notice, like 90, 9, right? Isn't it? Uh, I, it seven. Oh, is it seven? Yeah, seven thousand something. Jeez, that is so insane. Like people, people don't understand. Like take getting out of your car, walking to the grocery store. Like some people will be like, <gasps> like it's a real thing. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, oh, okay, G, you mentioned sparring uh, this afternoon. What is sparring for you out of a fight camp? Like, what is it? How many usually rounds? How many different girls or guys you fight? What's a normal Tuesday sparring session for G outside of camp? Uh, well, since my fight, I've only been doing uh, open mat rounds. So just kind of okay. like kickboxing rounds and just doing however many I want. Uh so some days I, I try to do it at least three and then some days I just go like 10, whatever, you know, like some days if I'm having fun, I just keep on doing like keep on going. But then um, today was my first day back, like in the cage sparring. <laughs> so I think that's just like completely different world. People don't understand when it's like just kickboxing to going into MMA rounds. It, the amount of cardio that it takes <laughs> is just insane. And then I was going with, um, we have a girl here, Andrea Mensas. She fights for Combate, but she's a 105er. So uh, she walks like 115. She's super tiny. So I was able to get my takedowns well, but every time she got up, it was like she had that gas tank going nonstop. <laughs> Yeah. Like just stop I... fighting, just stop for a exactly. second. Exactly. Yeah. You almost don't want to shoot anymore at that point. You're like, why? Why do I bother? <laughs> Every time we got back up, she would just charge me one, two, one, two, one, two, constantly. So I'm like, it was just that nonstop pressure today where I was just trying to get a deep breath in. But we uh we only got two rounds in, kept it short, and then I'll probably keep it at that, just doing two rounds with maybe uh, one of the 125 pound girls or one of the guys, uh, well, one of the 125 pound guys or any of the girls until I do get a fight or something like that, just keeping it a little bit lighter and then we can start pushing it. And, uh, once we get into camp, we start pushing for like goals in our sparring rounds. So yeah, for yeah, like, yeah. five takedowns around or like push for like so many submissions around or whatever, we're going to start like setting goals for me. But right now it's just kind of going out there playing and kind of getting my cardio back in on point and getting me so i'm not fat right now <laughs> jesus um three last little things and tell me how we'll might do 30 seconds on each or five minutes on one you tell me what the go g one we'll talk about later we'll definitely sell some more shirts it's awesome i love there's nothing better when i see on social media people that are buying uh we want the smoke shirts and then tagging us the person who won the contest two weeks ago uh, DM'd me, said he loves it, loves the shirt. So we'll post that soon. Love that. Um, so we'll sell some more shirts at jillian-robertson.com. You can get your shirt right now or get the booty shorts. Okay. That's one. Two, um, did Asim talk about karate combat, Mexico City? Did you watch it? Craig Jones and Phil Rowe, Orlando guy, of course. Did you see the show and what did you think of it? Or did you talk to him about that? 
uh, we talked a little, like I said, we just kind of had a conversation. He talked to the class as a whole yeah. and then the class. So that's uh, all we were, I really got with him today. But um, I saw the spectacle that was Craig Jones versus Phil Rowe uh, getting walked out with both, both having like mariachi bands wearing uh, sombreros. It was uh, quite the show. And then obviously Craig Jones is beautiful, a flying triangle off the pit wall. So just unique to see people use the karate combat pit in that way. Cause obviously in jujitsu, you don't have the, like that kind of option. And then right. um, we had our, one of our teammates, Shazabe also, he got right. a karate combat, karate combat's knock, fastest knockout ever. <laughs> there we go. Play that three times fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, 20 seconds, he went out there, got uh, faked a flying knee to a head kick and then got some good ground and pound to get the fastest knockout. Love it. Love it. All right. Last thing I know me and Elle are going to go for, for 10, 15 minutes, but tell me if you saw it or you want it, you can be a part of this conversation. You know, we love it. If you don't totally understand, did you see anything about the PFL and Bellator? Did you watch that show Sunday, Saturday afternoon? I was checking in on the stats and things like that. Uh, I watched a little bit of the uh, Kelsey DeSantis and Clarissa Shields fight because I, right. I know uh, Kelsey personally. I've trained with her a handful of times. So uh, I was kind of interested to see how that played out. And then, um, yeah, I saw the results. Definitely. I looked into those and saw how I guess it was kind of expected, but PFL one Bellator five in the PFL versus Bellator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of expected it to go that way, though. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, how quickly would you submit Clarissa Shields? Uh, that's just, and like, I, like I've trained with Kelsey a handful of times. She's one in two and a one forty-five are going into that fight. I'm like, Clarissa, you're coming in at one sixty-five. You're this boxing world champ, calling yourself the quote. Like, you got to go out there and finish this girl if you want to really call yourself that. Yeah. Like, yeah. There, there's just no excuses behind that. <laughs> and it's I funny. Trying, like, oh, sorry. You go out. Oh, go I, I think they're trying to replace Kayla Harrison, and I don't yeah. think it's going to work. You got to have somebody dominant if you're if you want that. I just remember a couple of years ago, Clarissa talking uh, crap about like Amanda. And it's like, yeah. how are you going to oh, yeah. talk crap about Amanda and then put on a performance like that? Like, it's just uh, you got to have some like, I don't be some kind of realistic. <laughs> And that's where I was going with it. Like, dude, I've actually talked to Clarissa a couple times live at some of these PFL events. She's actually been super nice to me personally and all that, but like, like such a lackluster performance. And I know you're a professional boxer and I know you're probably not training MMA full time, but she's been in this kind of PFL MMA space for multiple years. And this year is supposed to be like, she's supposed to do this multiple times. They even kind of, you know, baby spark that her versus cyborg thing. Guys, Cyborg would destroy Clarissa Shields. Like, just like like pro versus amateur style. Like, I watched that fight. I thought she looked awful. Like, I'm not trying. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm just, I can tell you what I saw. I don't think Clarissa Shields is good. Like, she's not a good mixed martial artist yet. She's not. So, it's probably wild, wild. But, gee, we'll let you run. We won't uh, tell me and Al, we're going to go for it now. We have some uh, PFL. We got stuff to say about PFL. Yeah, we got some stuff to say <laughs> off the chest. But, gee, you're the best. Um. Yeah, next week, UFC 299 in Miami week, big week. Saturday, even L is traveling up to Orlando. I cannot wait, guys. Game Brad Bare Knuckle live Saturday night. Uh, I'll be doing a lot of stuff. And uh, maybe me and Brendan Shaw are going to hang out a little bit and uh, 
do some Jillian things after the fight. We'll see. I don't know. Do we'll some see. Jillian things. Awesome. G, you're the best. I'll talk to you soon. All right. I'll see you guys. Thanks, Jillian. Later, G. All right. Boom. There's that. And I'm so pumped. He just popped in. Uh, Keelan, our guy with Fight Finesse, definitely wanted to jump on this PFL Bellator topic. Me and L have a lot to talk about it. Keelan is brilliant on it. So I think it's a great time to put him in. We'll go for another 10, 12 minutes. L, you're good with that? Your, your leg is all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm going to shake it out a little. All right. I'll all right. right. <laughs> We're making sure. But let's add Keelan to the show. Key, what's up, brother? Guess who's back and no one asked for him. Dave, good to see you. <laughs> How are you? My bad, dude. Keila, you're the best, brother. How are you, man? I'm good, thanks, L. Nice to see you again. How's the leg? It's getting there. It's getting better. Good to see you, man. Hey, good to be seen. Uh, so I think on the Friday, I she asked me I have to put super glue in her cut. I don't know. I don't know what's happening, but hopefully, I've heard worse. Believe it or not, I've heard and seen worse remedies. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's jump on this PFL Bellator card that happened Saturday afternoon um, from Saudi Arabia. There's just, I want to like it. <laughs> I just know so many people there. Of course, we know some of the fighters. Johnny Amblin has been awesome on the show. Impa Kasangani has been great on the show and so many others, right? But even more behind the scenes, the people at PFL have been so good to me and personally fight fanatics. So it's like, I want to like it. But the show is just, it's a train wreck. It's so hard to watch. It's so, un, I feel like unorganized or it's not properly communicated well. Uh, me and I joked about it before we went on air. It's like, how many heavyweight champions do they have? And then none of them matter because it's not Francis Nagano. It's like, that's all they care about is Francis Nagano. I, I, I'm sorry, but Keith, just what is your take on the full card? Yes, yeah, so that's a good point, Dave, to start off with. And let me just preface this by saying that Saudi Arabia themselves are very hospitable and I think they do a great job of opening themselves up to processing different things and being open to different combat sports avenues and I think we should be appreciative of that you know we've seen that the UFC are planning to go to the Middle East over the summer you know we've seen this PFL event and to be fair they're putting up the money to host great events you know in boxing in MMA and so I do think they deserve credit for that However, you do make a good point. I thought the actual presentation of the show was very disorganized and it was sort of all over the place. And, you know, to be honest, there was very little of it that made sense the more that I watched it as it went on. You know, I love Chael Sonnen. He's one of my idols. I love him. But, you know, having him in the same frame as John Jones and doing this, the dynamics just didn't really work for me. You know, it seemed like they were kind of throwing different things together to see if they would stick. And very little of it did. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, I'll get on to the rest of my thoughts about it as we go on. Keith, real thing. quick, I'm going to interrupt real quick. And then, oh, I want your thing. You mentioned something so, and it just popped. You mentioned John Jones. John Jones is the UFC heavyweight champion. Can, can you guys imagine on your deathbed that on a UFC pay-per-view, they would have Johnny Eblen or they would have Hennon Ferrer hold the PFL champ. Yeah, or yeah, Francis. Like, John Jones doesn't work for them. Why is he? He has a microphone. It's not even, I understand he's in the front row and they did the Francis thing. I get that. It's Mike Tyson. It's a really cool picture. Tyson Francis Jones. I get that. Why are they giving John Jones a microphone? He doesn't work for them. Like, how crazy is that? It's, it's nuts. <laughs> 
Go ahead, Keelan. Sorry. No, no, you're absolutely right, Al. It is nuts. And I mean, it's a bit desperate in it. You know, it, it doesn't come across great. You know, it's a bit like for those of you who are wrestling nerds like myself, it's a bit like WCW and WWE back in the 90s. You know, you had WCW getting all these guys and the WWE wouldn't acknowledge them because they wanted to present themselves as being a step above them. And, you know, having John Jones in your broadcast and talking about the UFC, it comes across a little bit cheap, you know, and yeah. I, I saw a lot of that online, Dave, so I'm glad you made that point. And having Jones as the centerpiece, it makes no sense. It, or Have Francis Ngannou there. Have him on the mic with Shale Sonnen, you know. Why are you getting your rival organization's arguably biggest current star? Why are you getting him to be the centerpiece of your show when you're trying to be something different? It just, yeah. like I said, they tried to throw all these weird and wacky things together and it fell flat. I agree. It's, it's crazy. They had a main event with two heavyweights in it that are the Bellator heavyweight champion and the PFL heavyweight champion. And then not even that, they didn't uh, advertise or promote the champions, the fighters that are in the main event. The all week long, all I heard was about Francis and Francis is going to fight this guy. Francis is going to fight this guy. So now it's Francis. And then I watched the show. It's not even about Francis. It's about John Jones and about Mike Tyson. It's like, what are we doing? Do they know who Henan Ferreira is? Like, dude, if I go to the store and ask any non, you know, addict of MMA, like who's Henan Ferreira? No one would be able to know. But if you go, you know, and, and target and go, guys, who's Conor McGregor? Who's John Jones? You go to Spain or you go to Madrid and you ask him who's Ilya Taporia. Everyone knows who that guy is. He is a budding superstar. It's like, promote the guys who fight for you. Like, I just, like PFL, I just want to get in the room and be like, promote the fighters. Like, Johnny Eblen should have been on every show, every fight poster, everything they could have done. So many more. Like, dude, I thought AJ McKee looked awesome. Push AJ McKee. Let's go. Stop promoting non-fighters that fight. Like, they promote Jake Paul. Promote AJ McKee. They And they devalued all the heavyweights that actually competed that night. Because they had two heavyweight belts, so what? What does that mean? Who's the Who's the champ? Because there's two of them somehow. They both got belts, and have one be the have Henan and Vader fight for the title, and Nemkov fights somebody else, and it's just a okay, you know. Bellator Great. won that one. Like, why? Why are we having two heavyweight championship fights on the same night? So first of all, it devalues all four of those guys by having two belts. And then, like you said, they basically were like, oh, and whoever wins gets to fight Francis, who has never fought for your organization, not once, and is already booked for a fight that's right. not really part of your organization. So it's a... Uh, it's such a bizarre scenario. And, and I agree, like, they're just not, like, they should be pumping Hennon out there everywhere. He's, he could everywhere. be a superstar. And I feel like they're, they're like, oh, Francis is our guy for that. It's like, but you didn't make him a superstar. The UFC did. And right. then you just snagged him and pulled him over. <laughs> and the was like, yes. Yeah, this. That's all they do. Well, what was Francis Nagano? We're already stars in another organization. Right. Prove that you're better by pumping your own guys up. Right, right. Francis Nagano four or five years ago was Hannon Ferreira. Like that's who he was. Like he's not super popular. He wasn't outspoken. He was just this murderer as a heavyweight knocking people out in the first round. These guys are the same. And I bet you they don't cost nearly the same if the PFL just promotes Hannon, Hannon, Hannon. And guys, let's be honest. If they fight 
it would be better, I think, for the PFL if Hennon knocks out Francis. Like, oh, yeah. and then like I almost feel like the PFL could like like I know it would be horrible to do it, be like, man, maybe these UFC guys aren't the baddest in the world anymore. Maybe we had the most talented guys after all. Like they could say these one-liners and like make some people think, like, dude, I guess Hennon is the baddest man on the planet. They it's it's a Bellator did the same thing by squandering Musasi. Yes. Like Bellator did a horrid job of promoting Gegard Musasi or well, promoting anything at all, but especially Musasi because he left the UFC doing well. He was yeah. one of the only guys that went from the UFC to Bellator killing it and then continued to kill it. And they should have been just blowing him out of the water. And I never knew when he was fighting. You know, both of you guys have made an amazing point, and this is the point I was going to make about the card. The lack of homegrown talent the PFL displayed in that card was unbelievable. And let's not forget, this Saudi card, the whole thing was meant to be like a showing out party for the PFL. And it's like, you know, we're the PFL, we've arrived, and there's also Bellator there, we bought them, they're along for the ride. Let's not forget, Bellator whooped their ass with their champions in this card. And I'll tell you the funniest thing, because I'm subscribed on my email to the PFL's press releases and stuff you know I'm sure we all are and I opened it uh, the morning after expecting it to be like you know Bellator show I think you great and there's this suspension of disbelief and even though they lose five to one it says Ferreira knocks out Bader and that's the headline and that's the dominating story instead of the fact that you'd lost and got embarrassed five to one by, by an organization a lot of people think is inferior wrongly might I add you know, guys like Jason Jackson, how good was he against Ray Cooper? So you know, good. like I said, it's it's like a Jason Stop. Jackson is so good. And I think as well, in terms of the fundamentals of the organization, what the other night showed is that the PFL have got so far to go before they're even in the same stratosphere as the UFC because they can't even beat Bellator's champions. They would get smoked by the UFC's champions. And oh. that's not a debate anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. I agree. And that's why I thought they never should have done this in the first place unless yeah. they were ready to merge both mm. rosters together, which they should do right now because they've already devalued most yeah. of their champs and most of their yeah. tournament winners. Um, the only one that we didn't get to see was Magomed fighting um against Jackson. having a brain fart. Yeah, Jackson. against Jackson, which I think would have been a much better fight yeah. than Ray Cooper versus Jackson. And we didn't even get to see that. And I, I think that they should go ahead and merge the rosters. Like they should cut their losses. PFL should not be separate from Bellator and they should have one giant roster, do more events and pull the best guys and, and pump them up. Like they should yeah. be promoting the Johnny Eblins and the Jacksons and the Magas. Like those guys could be superstars, but they just choose to, promote their Jake Pauls and Francis yeah. and, and Clarissa Shields. We were talking about that. Clarissa Shields is never going to replace Kayla Harrison, no matter yeah, how the NFL tries. Yeah. It is never going to replace Kayla Harrison. Like guys, how crazy is it that the UFC 300, and I know people even make fun of it, but it's an awesome main event if it was 301 and just because people were so hyped about it. But the UFC 300 main event is Alex Piera, who has been in the organization for three years, and then Jamal Hill, a guy who fought on Data White Contender Series and then won some fights and then lost and then won some fight night main events and then fought for a main event in the championship, a uh, uh, headliner, won that fight and kept going. Like, they, like these are just – and I know Piera comes from glory. I, I totally get that. But, like, to me, 
like Piera is a UFC star now. Like they created a star to Alex Piera and even all the memes and everything that he does. Like how quickly did they make the biggest UFC probably ever? It's Alex Piera and Jamal Hill. Like two, like guys, like tell me where's, who's Leon Edwards four or five years ago? He's a really good fighter. Like Jason Jackson's really good, but now Leon is a star. Like Leon can headline any show. He headlined the last car last year against Colby Covington. Like, like oh Matt, like it just and I, Dana White talks about it all the time about like how he doesn't need to you know like stars create themselves like we right. it's funny guys the next time Ilya Taporia fights it's gonna be humongous it oh, might not yeah. happen in Spain it might be in uh might be at the Sphere for goodness sakes who knows if they really want to really crank him right how about Taporia Volkanovski Taporia Max Holloway at the Sphere that would be incredible under Michael Chandler versus Conor McGregor. Like you could do some big, big things for him. Like you need to create like the PFL, Jason Jackson, Johnny Eblen, Hedden Ferrer, AJ McKee, uh, some of the prelim guys, but like the card was all over the place. It was a cluster, absolute cluster. Uh, the prelims, like the prelims had no ties. The UFC 300 prelims are like ex-champions and, and people, Bo Nickel, guys that are on the rise that they're trying to create another star. Those prelims, like, we don't care about. They had no no constraint to us. And they weren't even Bellator versus PFL. Some yeah. of them were Bellator versus Bellator. Yeah. Like, the best the best ones were Bellator versus Bellator guys. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just an absolute mess. It really is. And the thing that frustrates me the most about it from the outside, and Dave and Al, I'm sure you're the same, they actually have the potential to do something really good with this. They have the firepower and they've got the people there if they merge the roster, but they've made such a cack-handed job of doing it that it's just, it's almost negligent what they did. Because like you said, the two, the biggest person that was used to promote this was Francis Ngannou. He's there to promote his fight with Joshua, which I think is this week. You know, that's what he's there for. He's not even there to promote the PF. Is it this week or next week? Next weekend. Yeah, next, he's there to promote his fight next weekend. He's yeah. not there to promote the PFL. He's yeah. there because you happen to sign him and you let him do everything that he wants to do. He's there to promote yeah. his fight with Anthony Joshua. So you've got to get a rotation here of homegrown talent or this thing will sink as fast as it developed. And that, that's just the reality at the end of the day. And like you said with Elia Taporia, he could be you know the spanish george and conor mcgregor if the ufc play this right like you said the santiago bernabeu the home of real madrid eighty-five thousand people screaming wow. for Ilya taporia you know he actually just got spanish citizenship today as well if you hold a card in spain that's it you yeah. you you let it drive itself and it's out of the park from there the, has there been yeah, a ufc spain have we no. done a ufc barcelona nope. Nope. That's the yeah, that's the move. Yeah. If you hold that in Madrid, you will sell that out like that. Yeah. And you will get pay-per-view buys just through the roof. And and not and maybe even more important than both all those things combined. That night, even win or lose, but assuming he wins, you might even pick a matchup that might even work for him. It's the fight game, it happens. Ilya Taporia be will become one of the biggest stars in the sport. Like he Guys, Conor McGregor, uh, look at his his lineage in the UFC. It was his third fight, I believe. Third fight, he fought in Ireland. He was the main event against a fighter who, like, literally lost in bare knuckle. Like, that, that, like not a good guy. It was a picked opponent for having Conor win. He knocks him out. And then after that, the Conor McGregor 
real like what we know of him took off. Like he never looked back, and that's what they could do to Ilya. So crazy, crazy times. Keely, anything else, man? Any uh, hot topics? And then after that, we probably got to run, my man. We've been me and I've been doing this thing for a, we're pushing one forty right now, El. We're we're at it. But one last yeah, thing. I, I suppose the other thing that I had was because I know how much you guys have covered. The only other thing I was going to say was Joshua and Ganu. You know, I'm a boxing nerd as well. And um, did you see that promotion video, by the way? That In- was outstanding, incredible. Oh, it's like the UFC 300 or the or the Jose and Connor one that we were talking about. But it's like Keenan is like over two minutes long. Yeah, it's oh, it's incredible. Wow. Yeah, why is the PFL doing that? They have they have all this Saudi money. Like, yeah. let's go. You have yeah. Francis. You literally can make a video. The same thing. Yeah, exactly. And you know the the problem. How nuts would it be if he won? If Francis won? Oh. Also, he would never fight in PFL if he won. Exactly. Dave was no. brought that up. Like, he's literally if he wins this fight, we'll but never. If he starts Anthony Joshua in the first round, his next fight is against Tyson Fury, and he's making fifty million dollars. He never puts MMA That's goals out again. That's the least. If Francis Ngannou beats Anthony Joshua and then goes on to become a world champion, it's the greatest combat sports story ever. And there's nothing that's second to that. A guy whose first ever professional boxing match was against Tyson Fury and he knocked him on his ass. Yeah. That image can never be taken away from him. Even if he retires after fighting Joshua, he still achieved more the most top heavyweights ever have and ever had the chance to that's a legacy you know the only thing the pfl should have done was they should have made him fight in the pfl first before letting him box a bit like chris cyborg because now you can't get him back he's getting boxing money and and as and as crazy and we'll leave it on this guys if even if francis only had one fight in the pfl and you put him against anyone i don't literally anyone and he sparked him in the first round you almost don't put him against a good guy all these boxing would they would say hey pfl star francis nagano pfl fighter they could have shown that knockout of him in the smart cage knocking out someone but any fight highlights for francis nagano is in the ufc like anytime he's like to a lot of like casual people a lot of people think Francis is still in the UFC because that's right. he's never fought for the PFL. Yeah, and even in the promotion for the Tyson Fury fight, I didn't hear a single reporter say, you know, current PFL star Francis Ngannou. It was former UFC heavyweight champion and right. now boxer Francis Ngannou. Right. You know, if the PFL have messed this up, I don't know where they come back from because that would be one of the biggest fumbles they could have made. Francis Ngannou has leveraged his life brilliantly in the last few years. He has done I'm such kind of a good job. I know. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm impressed. And shout out Dewey Cooper as well as boxing coach. Because yeah. that man is underappreciated. What a job he has done. Dude, you know who else is impressed? Boxing business, Timmy, where the fuck you at, baby? Let's go! Somebody going to steal your mic this weekend? I, I don't. <laughs> I've been working out nonstop. No one's stealing the mic this week. No one's stealing that. Duct tape it. Guys, Saturday night, Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA live in Orlando, Florida. I cannot wait. Uh, I'm literally doing stuff all week long in Orlando for the show. L is driving up on Thursday. We will have the Fight Bananas family all together. Keelan, man, uh, more often, definitely more often, post-shows, pre-shows, Come on this show. We love having you on. And uh, maybe next week we'll do like less guests 
and really like have a full long breakdown of UFC 299 in Miami, Florida. So uh, let's definitely get on that. Oh Hell yeah, man! And listen, I need to start coming over for events as well. You know, we got yes. we got to make this a thing. The whole fight bananas crew showing out at the event. Look at this! People are talking about it. it needs to come across Let's the pond. The people are talking. We need a banana reunion. <laughs> I'll show up. I'll be like Brian Griffin and Family Guy in the banana outfit. <laughs> It'll be average. Don't worry, Dave. I we'll keep it. <laughs> you guys are. Crazy. That's our new slogan. You missed that. Uh, Alex the Spartan Nicholson, Joe Party Penafel, of course, our girl Maddie Levine, Jillian the Savage Robertson, L. Dawson, Keelan McNamara, right? McNamara? McNamara. 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 I will never <laughs> mess that up again. Guys, I'm Dave Anakin, Fight Banana Show. There's no Ben and Bananas tomorrow night. We're doing a lot of traveling. We're doing a lot of stuff for Game Bread. So no Ben and Bananas Wednesday night, but we'll be here next Tuesday and you will see. We have so much content this week for Game Bread, Bare Knuckle, MMA. We'll see everyone later on this week. Appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week.